Chapter Twenty Eight of Pixie O'Shaughnessy by Mrs. George D. Hornvasey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A telegram. It was six weeks later that the girls in Holly House heard a sharp wailing cry from within the portals of Miss Phipps's private room, and looked at each other with eyes of sympathetic understanding the knowledge that pixie's father was seriously ill had leaked out among the elder pupils and this afternoon as they returned from their walk a telegraph boy had met them in the drive and mademoiselle had turned pale and muttered below her breath miss phipps called her aside on entering and at tea-time there were unmistakable tear-marks around her eyes and she was even more affectionate than usual in her manner to pixie poor unconscious pixie who was in radiant spirits and quite puffed up with pride because she had suddenly remembered a favourite exploit as practised at knock castle and had issued invitations to the fifth form to come to the class-room before tea and play the part of spectators while she made a circuit of the room without touching the ground without touching the ground pixie o'shaughnessy are you demented demanded flora incredulously can't fly i suppose then how on earth could you get round a room without touching the floor come with me me dear and you shall see returned pixie graciously and forthwith led the way into the big bare room there was no class being held at the time so that the performer and her friends were the only persons present the chairs were neatly ranged beside the desks the matches and vases of spills which usually graced the mantelpiece were placed together on a corner bracket otherwise no article had been moved from its place pixie sprang lightly on to a chair near the door kissed her hand after the manner of the lady riders at the circus and started off on her mad career from one chair to another from chair number two to the shelf of the old bookcase which filled the middle space of the wall from the bookcase with a leap and a bound on to the oak chest in which were stored drawing-books and copies from the chest to another chair and thence with a whoop and wildly waving hands to the end of an ordinary wooden form why that form did not collapse at once and land the invader on the floor no one of the spectators could understand flora gave a hollow groan and leant against the wall in palpitating nervousness kate shut her eyes and ethel pinched margaret's arm with unconscious severity but after all nothing happened with instantaneous quickness pixie had fallen forward on her knees and so restored the bench to its normal position and now she was off again with another kiss another flourish another whisk of those absurd short petticoats providentially there was a table close at hand which she could mount without difficulty and so bring herself to the completion of the first half of her task but the harder part was still to come it was easy enough to run along the blackboard but what about that space between it and the shelves at the other side of the fireplace she can't do it cried ethel confidently but pixie had not made her boast without counting the cost what if there was no article of furniture within reach there was a shelf overhead to which one could cling and work slowly along hand over hand until the coal-box offered a friendly footing then 
when one had been accustomed to climb trees all one's life what could be easier than to rest the elbows on the mantelpiece and with the aid of one foot pressed lightly on that fat substantial bell horrors suppose it rang to wriggle upward until knees joined elbows and a perpendicular position was once more possible the gasps and groans from the doorway were even more encouraging than applause and under their influence it was impossible to resist indulging in a few extravagances such as standing poised on one leg blowing more kisses and bowing from side to side after the manner of that fascinating circus lady another bound sent her lightly on to the one substantial chair which the room possessed miss phipps's seat when she came to take a class it rocked of course but to balance it was child's play compared with the really difficult feat with the form and for the rest of the course the way was easy anyone could have run along the substantial dumb waiter stepped down to the chair by its side and so with a leap to the one from which the start had been made pixie stopped panting gasping and smirking at her companions expectant of adulation but there was more reproach than praise in store you are mad cried ethel shortly stark staring mad no thanks to you that every bone in your body isn't broken i wonder what miss phipps would have said if she had come in while you were pirouetting on the mantelpiece it would have been your turn to be surprised then my young friend i i never did see such a sight in all my born days stuttered flora blankly you've made me feel quite ill my heart is pumping like an engine i thought every moment you would be killed i call it mean and unkind to ask us to look on while you play such tricks for you know very well we should be blamed if anything went wrong i'll never come again so you needn't trouble to ask me pixie dear it really is most dangerous you might have sprained your ankle a dozen times over promise me promise me faithfully that you will never do it again pleaded margaret gently but pixie shook her head in obstinate fashion my dear don't ask me i'll tell you no stories i've done it a dozen times at home and so have bridgie and esmeralda it was a fine handicap we had one night boys against girls and bridgie the winner being so light on her feet you wouldn't wish to forbid what my own family approves she drew herself up with an air of dignity as she pronounced the last words and skipped out of the room as the quickest way of closing the argument but when tea-time arrived she was still abeam with complacency and pleasantly conscious of being the object of an unusual amount of attention the girls all looked at her and smiled so kindly when they met her eye jam and scones were pressed upon her from half a dozen different quarters mademoiselle called her chérie and even miss phipps said dear are you having a good time dear won't you have another cup of tea dear it was all very pleasant and gratifying and she felt convinced that the fame of her exploit had spread over the school and that even the teachers had been unable to resist it she was strutting out of the dining-room at the conclusion of the meal when miss phipps laid a hand on her shoulder and said come into my room pixie and a moment later she stood within the boudoir staring around with wide astonished eyes mademoiselle had followed and was twisting her hands together trying vainly not to cry 
miss phipps looked at her and made a little signal but mademoiselle only shook her head and held out her hands with a helpless gesture and then miss phipps began to speak herself in such a gentle voice a voice quite different from her usual brisk decided accents pixie dear i have something to tell you god has been very kind to the dear father whom you love so much he saw that he could never be well again never able to move about nor walk nor ride as he had done before and instead of leaving him to lie helpless upon his bed for long weary years as so many poor sufferers have had to do he took him home at once and made him well and strong again you must not think of your father as dead pixie he is alive and happy in heaven but it was too early for the dead man's child to realize that beautiful truth and pixie burst into a passion of grief and the girls without heard the long pitiful wails and nestled close to each other and sobbed in sympathy miss phipps talked on and on saying comforting words in that new sweet voice and mademoiselle put her arms fondly round the little figure and said you will be brave chelie you were always brave all the o'shaughnessys are brave your bridgie told me so and said it was the pride of the family you will not be the first to act like a coward no but the shock was too sudden to be borne with resignation we haven't got any family now how can you have a family without a father he wouldn't have died if i had been at home he was always cheerful when i was with him and he said himself i was better than a doctor oh major major oh bridgie me heart's broken me heart's broken pixie wept and wailed and presently miss phipps stopped trying to console and let her weep her fill knowing well that the noisy grief is never the most lasting and that when the first passion was exhausted she would be more ready for comfort she had purposely delayed telling the sad news until tea was over and presently it would be time for bed when the sleep of childhood would drop its soothing curtain over grief pixie lay on the sofa and cried until her face was swollen and she was too exhausted to cry any longer and miss phipps was just about to propose a move to bed when to her amazement the child suddenly put her feet to the ground sat up and said faintly i want to see the girls well after all it was a natural request for the bent of a lifetime does not change in moments of grief and pixie was a sociable little creature who must needs have someone in whom to confide on every occasion miss phipps realized as much and also that companions of her own age would be better comforters than the teachers between whom and the pupils there was naturally a great gulf fixed so she assented at once saying only i will come for you in ten minutes you must not stay downstairs longer than that and pixie feebly tottered across the hall to the room where the elder girls were sitting she chose to join them rather than the pupils of her own age for as she had previously explained she had been accustomed to grown-ups at home 
and felt more interest in their society the girls raised their heads with starts of surprise as she entered and came slowly forward to seat herself in a chair they stared at her with melancholy eyes but there was a dead silence for no one knew what to say or how to say it so they sat in a row facing her and pixie blinked and trembled and screwed her fingers together in a tight little knot i'm an orphan she said faintly and five separate sobs of sympathy sounded as replies poor little kid said kate gruffly darling sobbed flora but we all love you pixie everyone loves you you can't be lonely dear when you have so many friends said margaret's soft voice and a hand stretched out and clutched hers in convulsive energy it was lottie's hand and lottie's face was trembling as if she were going to cry and a pulse on her temple was beating up and down pixie looked at her curiously and realized that sorry as the others were she was somehow sorriest of all and most anxious to comfort lottie had been much subdued and silent since the beginning of the term and had seemed if anything to avoid the society of the girl whom she had treated so badly but with her fine intuition pixie had understood quite well that the avoidance rose from no lack of affection she held lottie's hand in a tight pressure while she continued her broken sentences and i didn't know he was going to die they never told me miss phipps said they didn't want me to be unhappy but i'd rather have known he wasn't like other people's fathers they are old with gray hair he was young like a boy and so handsome and gay he always laughed even if things went wrong and i was the youngest and he wouldn't have me thwarted no one ever appreciated me like the major the very last words he spoke were praising me and saying what a daughter i'd been when you said good-bye you mean that's good to think of isn't it pixie he knew he would never see you again and that afterwards you would remember all he said and treasure it in your heart and the sweetest thing of all is to know that you were a joy and a pleasure to him it is a comfort to think that he is well again isn't it quite well and happy in heaven i want him on earth said pixie and the tears flowed down her cheeks we all want him what is to become of us without our father i feel as if i could never be happy again but he said i must be be as happy as you can he said and make other people happy too never trouble a bit about your lessons but go on loving and making sunshine and you'll do a great work in the world those were the very last words i heard him speak it was a somewhat free translation so far as lessons were concerned and the girls realized as much being accustomed to pixie and her ways but they allowed that part of the story to pass without comment and referred only to what was obviously a literal repetition well then of course you must obey his last words it would not be like a good daughter if you didn't you must go on loving us and making us happy and we shall all be wretched if we see you fretting you do make us happy you know pixie we have been ever so much livelier since you came i think it ought to cheer any one to know that she can make thirty-three people happy don't you now can i can i really pixie inquired wistfully 
i'm glad of that and i will try but i can't help fretting a little first and i don't think the major would like it if i didn't fret for him and at this moment miss phipps came into the room and put an end to the conference i can't let you sit up a moment longer you weary little girl say good-night at once and one of the girls shall go upstairs with you and help you to undress which will you have pixie looked from one to the other of her companions with uncertain gaze where every one was so kind it was hard to choose ethel had not tossed her head once since she entered the room kate kept taking off her spectacles and polishing them on her handkerchief flora looked so kind and comfortable that bridgie's expression was stronger than ever in margaret's eyes but there was a something in lottie's face a humble wistful longing which was to be found nowhere else lottie please she cried quickly and the other girls realized at once that the cure had begun for pixie was already forgetting herself and considering how she could make other people happy End of chapter 28